What's up, everyone? Welcome to Stainfield Sports History for December 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Got a big show for a Wednesday. But first, as we always do, let's recap yesterday's question of the day. I asked, and even though I was kind of rushing through, it was on my social media, I did not give it on the the podcast. However, I said, is the Eagle season over? And surprisingly, 58% of you said no. Uh, there was a couple maybes, uh, depending on how they show up these last three games and whatnot. Um, obviously, mathematically, it's not over because they are going to the playoffs. I just meant essentially, do they have any type of shot? Um, and again, surprisingly, 58% of you said no. So we will see, but we're going to get into that in a couple minutes. Put that final bow on the Seahawks debacle. Uh, but first, thanks again, as always, for participating in the question of the day. Be sure to call that voice or text the text line at 267-495-8531. 267-495-8531. Get your voice heard. Call or leave a, or text or leave a voicemail. Let me know what you're thinking. A uh, few housekeeping things. Don't forget the new Back to the Future. Uh, we did a little thing on Herb McGee. That is a bonus advent calendar gift for you. So check out Back to the Future wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. That's with a PH. Our 25 days of kindness might be tough for some of you. Uh, however, just give your boss a compliment. It is a holiday season. Uh, they're under stress and as a boss uh, as well. I sometimes, you, people only come to you when they had something bad to say. So if your boss is doing something and you appreciate it or you see something, give them a compliment, especially in the holiday season because they'll appreciate it. I know a lot of times teachers only come to me when it's something they need to, to vent or complain about. So when they come and say, hey, this is you're doing a good job with this or I appreciate it when you did this, it does mean a lot. Uh, so that's our tw- act of kindness for today. Give your boss a compliment. All right, let's get into this Eagles thing now. And let's put a bow on the Seahawks thing. Uh, but just a couple of things that that I, I've noticed and had me thinking from listening to some of the sports talk stations yesterday um, is the Jalen Hurts thing. And I, I mentioned this before. And ironically enough, I heard it. I believe uh, Ike Reese went on a rant last night about it. Um, and I had talked after the Dallas game how when all that was going on, he's sitting there over there on the sideline by himself on the bench and not trying to pump up his team or, or whatever. And I just, it, it irritated me a lot that he was over there and Ike noticed it. And again, we keep hearing about he's a leader. Well, I don't know. Like, don't talk about how we're not all on the same page and we're not this or whatever he's saying. Fix it. And I, I, I don't, I'm not ready to jump ship. I know there were some people yesterday were comparing the whole situation to Carson Wentz. I'm not ready to go there at all. But it's worth kind of questioning that he's the leader and other people are starting to see some of these things now too. Obviously, he's not played well. And I don't think – I've said this before too. I don't think he was necessarily as good as he was last year. I also don't think he's as bad as he is this year. I don't know if there's lingering effects from the injury or what. But I need to see more out of him from a leadership standpoint. It's just not a good look. Like um, – I don't know. Like instead of talking in cliches like a robot, it reminds me a lot of McNabb. Like towing the company line. No, like tell us. You don't have to give us details, but give me something that's going to give me hope. So that's 
one of the things I'm kind of I noticed about him. Uh, on a positive note, I will say I think the future might be bright for our defense. I know it's hard to see now, but Eli Ricks, Keely Ringo, and Sidney Brown, I don't think played horrible the other night. They're rookies. They're they're being cast in to do a lot on a Super Bowl expectation of a defense, uh, and I don't think they're doing bad. I mean, obviously injuries have put them in this position, but they have strong pedigree, and I think that's going to mean a lot moving forward. And I do like and – I mean, I thought Keeley played very well. Uh, I think Cindy has played well, and he he's a rookie, so he needs to get some of those things. Uh, but coaching and experience, I think, will do that. Uh, so I think the future is going to be bright on the defense. I don't think it's all doom and gloom right now. It's just some of the vets they have are starting to get older, and you can see. Um, and and again, I will say, I don't think they played that bad on Monday night, save that. 90 whatever yard drive to drew lock uh and again there were some mistakes there bradbury i think they got picked on him but the others i think kind of picked up the slack somewhat there so i yeah i mean he's that's a whole other issue with bradbury uh i I do think we need to to get a better pass rush uh that was the strength of this team last year and i i don't feel we're getting a ton of pass rush because the pass rush last year led to a lot of the turnovers we were getting. We're not getting the turnovers this year due to not getting the pass rush. And I'm not sure what the situation is. Uh, maybe they shouldn't have gotten <clears> – excuse me. It would have been hard to pay him, but maybe Hargrave. I, I don't know what the missing piece is this year versus last year. I know BG and Fletch are a year older as well, so I don't know. But I think the last three games would be a good time to get that pass rush, pass rush right and really get more turnovers and things like that. So I want to see that. But ultimately, this falls down on the offense. If the offense is scoring more points and sustaining more drives, we don't have a lot of the issues we have, and they have not been doing that. And I don't know whether it's coaching, the play calling, uh, execution. Um, So like the play call, and I talked a little bit about this before, I think a lot of it is execution. But I don't know if that stems from the coaches or the players, but there were so many times, if you watch some of the the recaps, I saw something with Brian Baldinger yesterday, that there's a lot of underneath stuff that is there, but Jalen keeps thrown deep, almost like he's trying to be the hero, uh, and and get it all back at one time, instead of playing smart, and to me then, that goes back to him, like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to to be the hero, or are you trying to win games? Um, So, that... I don't know. It's still, I mean, it's it's a mess. I mean, obviously the offense is not working the way it did last year. But is that a, a result of the offensive coordinator and the play call? Or is that the execution by the, the offense and Jalen? Uh, there were a couple times where, and I, I, I'm going off a of ball dinger's thing, and I saw a, he broke down a couple plays. That he's he got happy feet and ran out of the pocket early when he had time. So there's something going on with him, but it, I, I feel it comes back down to the offense. They need to to execute. They need to keep the defense off the field. Uh, this is not an all-star defense by any stretch. All the money they've paid went to the offense. So if to me, it falls on them, especially when the offense is only giving up 20 points or the defense is only giving up 20 points. You have to score more than 17. So I think a lot of this falls on the offense. Uh, And then finally, I mean, 
reality of the situation is they still have a legitimate shot at the number two or even the number three and possibly even the number one seed uh, for the playoffs. And I, I, I know it's hard to see because of how bad they played, but we've seen like the 49ers look bad in their three losses earlier this year. Dallas had a stretch where they looked bad. Maybe it's just part of the way the NFL is, the ebbs and flows. Maybe they can get it together against the Giants and the, the Cardinals. I, I think the reality of the situation is, yes, they're right there in the hunt for, for a top three seed and winning the division. They have the talent to do that. My question is, and, and I hate to do this to, to professional players, my question is, they have the talent. Do they have the heart? And that's what we're going to see over the next three weeks. So... Kind of putting a bow on that. And that leads us to the question of the day. Kind of putting more of a bow on this. But it is the holiday season. And we're going to do this a couple days early because I feel like this needs to happen now so we can clear our minds, be ready for the holidays, and ready for that Giants game on Sunday. Uh, but, or I guess, yeah, the Giants game will be on Monday. Uh, either way. But in honor, honor of Festivus a little bit early, This is going to help us get over the past three weeks and move on and try to focus on these next three weeks to see what we really have this year as the Eagles. We're going to do a little airing of grievances. And this is going to be part therapeutic, part bonding on us, and selfishly part trying to help get this text and voice line off the the ground and get that going as well. But again, mostly this is going to be therapeutic. Help us move on, cleanse, get everything out there in the open, And then we can focus on the Giants. And I'm going to start. And I'm going to start with Quez Watkins. And Monday night, you got bullied by Julian Love. He made you his bitch. Like, literally, on that interception. Like, if you showed a little bit of strength, that's a touchdown. Um, So, Quez, I'm starting with you. And I don't even know at this point why you're on this team. And since you've been here, you've consistently screwed up. Uh, you've consistently made mistakes. Uh, you've cost us, I can't count the amount of times that you've given up on pass routes leading to interceptions, um, dropping balls, uh, like you did on Monday night, just not being a tough NFL player. Uh, like I, I just don't go, don't even get me started on the Super Bowl. We'd be champs if you didn't suck so bad, or if you had a half of half, a little bit of heart. Um, so I'm starting with you. I have a lot of issues with you, and this is how you've disappointed me over the past year with the drop balls, with the just not being an aggressive player. The Super Bowl still stings. I'd have another Super Bowl ring if it wasn't for you, Quez. And I don't know how many of you out there remember this if you're my age, but there used to be an Nike ad campaign for Bruce Smith's shoe. And Dennis Hopper dressed up as referees to break in to the locker room and steal the shoe. Um, so if you remember with the commercial, you'll, you'll know where I'm going with this. But Quez Watkins, when you were on the field, man, bad things happen, man. Bad things. I don't know why you're on this team. Bad things happen whenever you're on the field. And if you don't know the Dennis Hopper, Bruce Smith commercial, look it up on Google. But bad things, man. Bad things happen when you're on the field. You should not be on the field. I don't know why the coaches insist on doing it. The best, my favorite part of the offense, and it seemed like it was flowing pretty good there midseason, was when you were on the injured reserve and not playing. And Alameda Zacchaeus was in there. Uh, I don't know why the coaches are not putting Alameda Zacchaeus in there more. 
but it's not you, Quez. You are not the answer. So that's my area of grievances. Quez Watkins, I don't like you. Bad things happen when you're on the field. I don't know why they consistently put you on the field, let alone have you run a deep route and then double down and throw it to you on a deep route. Bad things, man. Bad things. So I feel better. Quez Watkins, I got my... That's how you've disappointed me over the past year. Now it's your turn. Air your grievances to me. What about this team over the past year, this season, has disappointed you? Let's get it out. I feel a thousand times better now. Getting that out of there. Getting the Quez Watkins just heavy weight off my shoulder. I feel better. Your turn. Call me. Leave a voicemail. Text 267-495-8531. 267-495-8531. In honor of Festivus, air your grievances on this Eagles team. Who is disappointing you? What is your issue with this Eagles team? Here's your chance. I'm telling you right now, I feel a thousand times better. I'm feeling good about these next three games for the Eagles. I needed to get that off my chest. What do you have to get off your chest? 267-495-8531. Let's go. Let's bond. Let's have group therapy. Let's do it. Let's get ready for the stretch run because let's. who knows? I've seen crazier things happen in the NFL where teams just get hot and roll through the playoffs. No, There's no way this team cannot do that too. Let's do it. Get it off your chest. 267-495-8531. Air your grievances about this Eagles team. All right. PhillyGoat.com. Don't need to air your grievances about there because there are none. They're not going to disappoint you. Go check them out for all of your Philly sports apparel needs. Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, Phillies. They have Philly-centric stuff. They always come out with some fun stuff. Um, They have Maxi shirts. They have Embiid shirts. So go check them out as the Sixers are playing hot. PhillyGoat.com. Make sure you use the promo code Jim Montgomery at checkout for 10% off your order. That's PhillyGoat.com. Promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off your order. No grievances there for Philly Goat. All right, Sixers in action tonight against the T-Wolves. Joe can actually tie Wilt Chamberlain with his 12th straight 30 and 10 uh, performance tonight. So hopefully he can keep that rolling. And then next on the list would be Kareem with 16. Uh, Looking forward to watching that game tonight. Flyers with a great win in overtime over the Devils. Arison is looking good as a backup goalie, which might provide some direction i guess for danny briere going into the trade deadline which isn't until march for the nhl uh but if you have two solid goalies maybe you can trade one and get some pieces and maybe speed up this rebuilding process a little bit but ever since that terrible loss to the sharks where they gave the sharks their first win of the season the flyers have been 13 3 and 2 uh they're winning despite not playing well on the power play it's their ninth straight game with a point and most importantly, it's actually fun to watch the Flyers again. Uh, I think that cannot be understated. The fact that they are a fun team to watch. Uh, I, I keep in, I mean, mention it. Get in on the ground floor with them, man. Get on the ground floor. Not bad things with the Flyers right now. Uh, Phillies are still expected to make a push for Yamamoto. Uh, I, I think it's interesting to note that typically with situations like this, Teams will kind of drop out of the running like, hey, they met, and then you don't hear anything about it. It seems like there's still a lot of chatter, and the Phillies are one of the teams that are linked to him. So, I mean, I I would not be disappointed whatsoever if they can try to pull. I, I feel like 
spend the money, make it happen. Let's let's win a title. We've just aired our grievances about the Eagles, and I feel great. Let's go. Let's spend. It's not my money. Let's spend it. All right. Today, we're going to go back to 1970, and on December 20th, 1970, the Eagles beat the Steelers 30-20 to to close out the season at 3-10-1. Norm Steed threw for 276 yards and two touchdowns. Larry Watkins ran in a touchdown, but the Eagles still turned the ball over four times. They were just not a good team uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, they did manage to win despite the turnovers, and they gave up 218 yards to John Fuqua, the Frenchman um, for the Steelers. Uh, but the important part of this game was it was the final Eagles game at Franklin Field. They would move into the vet, which, believe it or not, was state-of-the-art in 1971. Some highlights of the Eagles at Franklin Field. Obviously, the big one was the 1960 NFL Championship against the Packers. Uh, we talked about the, the booing of Santa Claus. That happened in Franklin Field. The USFL playoffs happened uh, in 1984 with the Philadelphia Stars at Franklin Field. Uh, the whole legendary Howard Cosell, what, was he drunk? Was he sick? Uh, he had to be taken off the air and went took a cab back home to New York. That happened in Franklin Field. Uh, nobody still to this day knows he threw up on one of the guy in the booth's feet. Uh, but they said he was drunk. Um, he said he was sick, but we'll never know. That all happened in Franklin Field. Uh, but on this day, back in 1970, it was the end of an era. The Eagles beat the Steelers 30-20 to in their final game ever at Franklin Field. They would move into Veterans Stadium 1971, state-of-the-art Veterans Stadium uh, that would quickly turn into a dump, but it was our dump. Uh, but that all happened on this day back in 1970. All right, time for today's Philly Sports Advent Calendar gift. Let's open the door. Hey, it's Dave Zinkoff. Uh, Dave Zinkoff was a West Philly native, went to Central High, graduated from Temple, and he is a Philly Hoops legend. Not so much for his play, uh, but he was a Sixers PA announcer from 1963 until 1985 when he tragically passed away from complications due to heart surgery. Uh, he was the original PA announcer for the Sixers. He also did the Phillies, which uh, some of this I didn't know. He did the Phillies in the 1940s at Shy Park. Uh, he was the Warriors PA announcer at Convention Hall before they moved. I uh, did college uh, basketball, boxing, college boxing, wrestling. Uh, when the WWF, uh, now the WWE, was at the Spectrum, he was one of the rotating ring announcers for, for the WWF. Uh, he was the PA announcer up at Hershey for Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game. He's best known, though, for his work with the Sixers, and he knew how to work the crowd. I read a story that at one point in the 1977 playoffs, I think it was, the Sixers were playing the Celtics. Sixers were making a run. Boston called timeout, and obviously it was Boston-Philly, but the crowd was going nuts. Um, and he started to say – he was going to say Boston calls timeout, but he just said Boston. The crowd was in a frenzy, and I guess he kind of got the idea here. As soon as the Celtics broke the huddle, the, obviously the crowd started to calm down a little bit. And then he goes, in case you didn't hear, the Celtics called time, which was his – I'm probably butchering that, but that was his thing. And again, the crowd went nuts all over again and didn't really stop the crowd from going nuts for the Celtics timeout. 
Uh, Red Arbach called him the six or sixth man uh, just because of the way he would be able to work the crowd. Um, but the Sixers retired him in 1980, and there was so much backlash that they brought him back the next year. So there was like a one-year period in there. So he was there for the, the championship year. Um, one interesting fact that I thought was amazing that I didn't even know about, he actually did the public address announcing for the first ever Sugar Bowl between Temple and Tulane. I think we talked about that last year. The first ever Sugar Bowl the Temple Owls were in, but as a graduate of Temple, he was traveling with the team, and then somehow they asked him if he would do, uh, I think it was at the old Tulane Stadium, they asked him if he would do the public address announcing. He was like, sure. Um, so I thought that was a very just cool, fun factoid. Uh, but the Sixers have retired his mic, so if you ever go down and see the retired numbers, they'll have the microphone uh, up in the rafters with all the guy, the players. Uh, he's in the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, probably the best known was when he would do Dr. J's name, Julius Irving. Um, so just one, and again, I'm butchering that, but one of the best to ever do it, Dave Zinkoff, uh, really kind of, took public address announcing to the next level because if you think about like you go to games now uh not so much baseball but like the sixers with the music um even the eagles with the music and it's third and he kind of was the one that that started to originate that before it was just more like a lot of the stuff from the olden days just getting the thing out there but dave zinkoff is today's philly sports advent calendar gift of the the day Sixers legend and not for what he did on the play but as Red Auerbach said he was the sixth man on this day in 1970 the Eagles beat the Steelers 30 to 20 in their last game ever at Franklin Field uh, they would still be another six seven years before they would become a relevant good team again but that's okay Sixers in action tonight against the T-Wolves hopefully Joe can extend that 30 and 10 streak don't forget, let's air our grievances. Let me know what you're upset about, what you're disappointed about. 267-495-8531. Send a text. Leave a voicemail. I'm telling you, I feel so much better after the rant about Quez Watkins. Again, bad things happen when he's on the court or the field. Bad things, man. But come on. Get it out. Let's go. You're going to feel better. We have three more games to worry about and try to figure out where this team is. They still have a shot to get it together. I've seen crazier things, man. I've seen it. Let's air the grievances. Get on the same page. 267-495-8531. That is our question of the day. Don't forget to go compliment your boss. It is Wednesday. Christmas is around the corner. We can see it. Big game on Monday night. Get those grievances out. 267-495-8531. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. I'm Jim Montgomery. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.